Well, very good morning to you all. Uh, Let me pray as we come to God's Word together. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the gift of your Word and that we this morning have this time to just to uh, take to uh, have you speak to us. Lord, we pray that our hearts would be open, that our minds would not be distracted, and that by your Spirit you would uh, transform us and point us to Jesus, uh, who is our only hope. Uh, In his name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, it's uh, great to be with you this morning, and it's nice to um, be with you feeling a little bit better, uh, much better than last week. Thanks for your prayers, and uh, it's nice to uh, be firing on a few more cylinders um, and not with threat of running and vomiting somewhere. Um, I wanted to also say a very warm welcome to those of you who are guests this morning. It's nice to have uh, a number of guests with us visiting and uh, we love having you a part of our church family just for even this morning. Um, We are looking at our church mission and a church, um, uh, what we stand for and the purpose of our church. Uh, and we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do, I just wanted to say that I love being a part of this church family. Uh, I had a strange experience this morning of coming to church on my own. Uh, I have a family of six, and uh, they're all in different parts of uh, the, you know, the city, country. Uh, my wife is in uh, Sydney at the moment. And uh, I have, have to say that I was feeling a little bit lonely uh, last night in coming to church this morning. It was really, really lovely. Just, I love being with you guys. It's really special. Um, I don't know, I'm not much of a gushy person, but um, it was, it's really nice to be amongst you. Uh, you're very special to me. And, and I know I have a privileged role in being uh, a pastor. I know a little bit more about a lot of you, but it's, you guys are a special group of people. And so it's just, it's really nice to be, be with you. I have to also say, I was at a prayer meeting with a couple of you um, uh, a couple of Fridays ago, and I wasn't doing so great that morning. It was an early morning. I'm not so good in the morning. Some of you know I, I struggle with some uh, chronic uh, migraines and chronic pain, and mornings are not good. As I get out of bed, I'm in quite severe pain um, some mornings. Anyway, it's a 7.30 prayer meeting, and uh, sitting with two blokes, and I was uh, praying with them, and I was just thinking, uh, I really need a hug. I just need a hug at the moment. And I didn't want to admit it, I'm being a tough bloke. We got to come to the end of the prayer meeting, I hadn't really shared that much, and one of the guys there, I don't know, discerning by the Holy Spirit, I suppose, said uh, to me, Dan, uh, give me a hug. And he gave me a hug, and I just needed that hug. It was so nice. Uh, to have that hug. It was very, very lovely. And then only a few minutes later, I got a text message uh, from another member of you saying that they uh, had felt that the Holy Spirit was leading them to pull over in their car uh, and to pray for myself and uh, my wife. And I really needed prayer that morning. And so, guys, thank you uh, for just being such a lovely church family. Um, you are very special and you are uh, working in a way that the scriptures call us to do and that's what we're going to look at this morning. I'm so glad to have heard from Mick already this morning about how his life group is so uh, such a special uh, group for him and praying for him and it's a highlight of his his week as he gets to share with them Uh, and uh, it's it's great that a church can be a refuge a place where broken people can come. And it's not simply what just happens here on a Sunday morning, this gathering for an hour and a half or so, but 
friends, we long to be the obedient community and family that God calls us to be. And we're going to look at Romans 12 as to what that's calling us in the scriptures to be as Stromlo and as the church family. But why are we doing this? Uh, We're doing this because uh, we think it's important at the moment to examine what God is calling us to be as we look at the future of our church and where we're going. Instead of just looking at uh, these should be our milestones and our vision goals in the future, it's important to look at, first of all, who are we and what is the purpose of our existence as a church. And again, if you're visiting or passing through, this is where we're up to at the moment so that we can establish what the mission of God is for us as a church. Uh, Where are we going? And I said last week, it's a little bit like a compass. Uh, It doesn't tell us when we get there, but it tells us where we are to head. Uh, We will look, hopefully in 2018, at our vision goals. And that'll be a little bit like going in a time capsule as we, we transport ourselves into the future or paint that portrait of what we want to be looking like in 2020 or 2025. But for now, uh, we are looking at what is God calling us to be. And we've come up with a bit of a vision, or sorry, I should say not vision, but a mission statement. So the difference there between uh, vision and mission, um, mission is like the compass And vision is like the portrait or the time capsule. And so the mission statement at the moment uh, is that we are to be a Christ-centred community of disciple-making disciples uh, in Malonglo and beyond. Christ-centred community of disciple-making disciples. And so we looked last week at the fact that we are called to be Christ-centred in all that we are. And that really means that we are to be gospel-centred. That the message of salvation, the message of Christ, uh, is the thing that we proclaim and that we want everyone to encounter Jesus and the wonderful message of the gospel in everything that we do, not just here on Sundays, uh, but in all that we do as a church community. And this week, uh, we're going to think about what it means to be this Christ-centered community itself. Alright, so that's where we're at. Uh, If you're a visitor or or you're passing through or you missed last week, this week uh, we get to think about being a community. And I think being a community actually is something that we we can offer our world uh, in a way that that very few people, in fact no one else, can offer uh, in the world around us. See, our world longs for community, doesn't it? Uh, The very fact that we have something like Facebook or other virtual communities is this inner longing for real community, real relationships that doesn't exist. And yet, here as a church family, we have this on offer, don't we? Uh, here in the Malonglo Valley, you can see as you look around, uh, the blocks that are being built on, these, these small blocks that are being built almost right to the edges of these blocks, um, they are becoming little fortresses where people will dwell and there, will be, there is very little space for community relationships. Uh, here in this very room, a few uh, nights ago, uh, some of us sat in uh, the community information night looking at the development in the valley and uh, got information as to what's happening in this valley. And really, uh, every little space, nearly every space is being maxed out for residential uh, property 
space. Now, there's very little space in this valley that's going to be used other than the, the mountain biking park and, and there'll be a swimming pool built uh, out near the mountain biking park, but nearly every part of this, uh, this valley is going to be used uh, for residential space. And the question is, is, is what sort of genuine community is going to be formed here? Very little. But friends, we have something to offer, don't we? We have the community of faith. We have the body of Christ. We have the gospel of the Lord Jesus that forms real community. It's better than the scouts. It's better than any social club. It's better than any Facebook or virtual community. It's formed on the life-saving, eternal uh, saving work of the Lord Jesus that we celebrated, in fact, earlier on in our communion together. It was great to actually uh, enjoy uh, celebrating that with the children. And we deliberately did that so that we got to celebrate it as a church family here. And that is indeed what joins us together, isn't it? It's not the fact that we are all uh, Australians. In fact, if we did a sh show of hands, um, not all of us would be Australians. In fact, um, I love having, and I hope this doesn't embarrass her, I love having uh, uh, Bongum as a part of our church family. Um, she doesn't speak much English, but Bongum, we love having you a part of our church family. And um, she's only with us another couple of months, but she is dedicated to being here early, uh, being part of our church family, and yet... Um, she's not from Australia. Some of you are not from Australia and don't, don't speak English all that well. Uh, some of you aren't even Canberrans. Uh, some of you come from faraway Queenbian um, or beyond. Um, friends, they, these aren't things. It's not even our sports. Uh, not all of us are into mountain bike riding or triathlon. Um, some of us don't enjoy uh, rugby union. Uh, th these aren't the things that unite us, are they? Uh, it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And again, we celebrated that in the Lord's Supper. And that is what is, uh, what is to be central always in our ministry and as our church community. is the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And we'll see that uh, as we come to this passage uh, in a moment. Now, I also just, this is all a, a little bit in the way of introduction. Um, uh, the, the fact that we could have put um, Christ-centered Family or Christ-centered church of disciple-making disciples. Um, those could have been, or Christ-centered fellowship could have been other terms that we've used. Um, I think if we, if we use the term church, it has uh, difficulties there. A lot of baggage comes with the terminology of church as an institution or just simply um, people think of this Sunday gathering. But we want it to be more than just the Sunday gathering. And in fact, the scriptures say uh, that it is far more than that. A family is actually a really good term. Um, the, the scriptures do talk about us being adopted into the family of God. But I think, and, and, and I'm not totally um, uh, sold on the fact that this, is, this, this mission statement must be um, rock solid in, in where, what, we're, um, what we're presenting, and I'd be very happy to uh, have more discussion with you. But the idea of a community is one in which uh, we are open for more people to join. Um, to be a community is, is inclusive. Come and join us. And it's, the idea of community is one of growth. It doesn't have any limits. It it's, has a growth mentality. It's one of welcoming others, continually growing. And in this community, uh, we are saying that, hey, we, we want you to be a part of it. 
Uh, it has this biblical idea of openness and welcomeness and of growth. And friends, in this we want to present uh, the fact that the gospel uh, welcomes all people, no strings attached. Well, let's have a look at this wonderful section of scripture. Um, we're not going to spend a huge amount of time. In a way, this is a topical sermon, but as we look at Romans 12, uh, the treasures that I want you to grapple with really are in the text. Uh, this, is, this is such a, a juicy piece of scripture. Uh, you can spend more time in your, in your own time reflecting upon this. But it does form for us some very foundational um, and, and fundamental things in regards to this. In verse 1, five amazing words. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, here they are, these five words, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. The Apostle Paul sets up what he's about to say in regards to the church and the community of God in relation to the gospel itself in view of the mercy shown to us in the Lord Jesus. And he doesn't just mention it there. If you come down to verse 3, he says, For by the grace given to me. So he he points out the grace that he's been shown. And then in verse 6, he says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Paul is so aware of the mercy and the compassion and the grace that he's been shown and that they've been shown, this Roman church, here in the Lord Jesus. Remember back in Romans chapter 5, Paul says to the Romans that it is while you were sinners, Christ died for you. They know that they themselves were God's enemies, that they were sinners. And the Lord Jesus lovingly demonstrates his love for them in giving his life for them. And therefore they are to live in response to that. And and friends, this is so so important for us to grasp because it distinguishes Christianity from all other religions. And I've said this before. While we were sinners, Christ died. Therefore we respond. Because of his grace, because of his mercy, then therefore we live and respond. And then he goes on to say that we are to be these uh, living sacrifices, laying down our lives and acting in this particular way. And this is how we're to behave as the body of Christ. And he, he points out some, um, some very helpful, practical uh, ways in which we are to live. So in view of God's mercy, that's uh, in the forefront of Paul's thinking here, uh, we're to live gospel-shaped lives. Uh, we are to live lives that demonstrate the gifts that we have. That uh, comes from verse 3 onwards uh, into verse 8. And then we're to live in, as people who love one another, loving each other uh, sincerely and uh, sharing each other's lives verse four, from verse 14. I'll look at those in a moment. But before we do, last week we... Uh, we heard about, uh, we heard from, and, and Bruce very helpfully pointed out in that memory verse, that it is Him we proclaim, isn't it? It is the Lord Jesus we proclaim. It is the gospel itself we proclaim. Colossians chapter 3, uh, so that was from Colossians chapter 1, and then Colossians chapter 3, it says that we should let the word of Christ dwell within us richly. That's 3 verse 16. Um, another translation, actually, probably a more, more accurate translation, says 
we should let the message of Christ dwell within us richly. Here, the idea is that in our gatherings, in who we are as the community of faith, uh, we are to have the message of Christ, in view of his mercy, dwell amongst us richly, shouldn't we? So, if you were to work, walk into Stromlo again in 10 years' time, or 5 years, or, or, or 6 months' time, and the message of Christ is not dwelling amongst us richly, or in your life group, or in your prayer group, or in your conversation, then actually we are not going about the mission of God in the way in which we're called to. See, all that we are as the, the body of Christ should be shaped by the message of Christ, the mercy of Christ. I hear that there is a, um, I think it's an atheist society that meet on Sundays and they gather together and they do similar things to what we do here uh, on Sunday mornings. They sing songs, um, things like, um, uh, it's, it's, what is, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful world. What's the, um, what's the song? What it's a wonderful you? world. They, they gather together and, and sing those types of songs and, and they have guest speakers that come in and, and they, um, they encourage one another, but there's nothing no mention of God. Um, there's other gatherings that are meeting all the time uh, that have uh, all sorts of social benefits. But friends, we are people who want the message of Christ and the gospel itself to dwell within us richly. See, this is what defines us. We are a community of gospel-minded people. And so, again, I just want to, I want to labour this point because this is... Um, as a community, we are to be we are to keep um, proclaiming proclaiming Christ and the gospel. Well, as we have that as in our mind, we're reminded that uh, we are not just uh, individuals. There is really no such thing as a solo Christian or an individual Christian. Notice here that we are a gifted body. So let's uh, let's explore together from verse uh, four onwards. It says, for each of us has one body, so each of us, yeah, one, as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Not a new concept. If you've been um, hanging around church for a while, we, friends, all belong to one another. In fact, we're going to be spending eternity together, aren't we? Uh, we need each other. And then it goes on to say that we are gifted in all sorts of ways. There's every single one of us who trusts in Jesus has been gifted. And uh, as we uh, belong to one another, we are to, uh, we are to care for each other and express these gifts. But notice here again, it is in Christ that we belong to one another. Uh, here is a diverse community. It's not simply that we are to be ethnically diverse or diverse in age or, or uh, so, social, um, um, fi financial uh, diversity, but here is a diversity in gifts as well. See, uh, we're, we're, a, uh, we're a group of people who really do indeed need uh, to support one another. I hope and my prayer is that uh, Stromlo Church will be a place of uh, spiritual, uh, like a spiritual hospital for the uh, spiritually broken and where we can support 
care and uh, help each other. And that's why God has gifted us. Notice here it says, and not only do we belong to one another, but verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given, uh, given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then use that gift accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve it. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then, then encourage. Uh, if it is giving, then give. If it is leading, then do it diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Do you understand what it's saying here? It's saying, don't just sit on, on your hands. Don't just sit on, on, your, on your bottom and do nothing. You've all been gifted. We've all been gifted. So let's use these gifts to build up the church. Now this isn't the, the only lists of spiritual gifts or gifts that have been given to the church. There's a bunch of gifts that have been given. But friends, we have to think, uh, how are we using the gifts that God's given us to help and support each other? Thinking about the diversity that God's uh, given us, um, I love the fact that uh, we don't all come from the same backgrounds. Um, I love the fact that uh, we are indeed uh, come with different levels of brokenness and needs. Um, it can sometimes feel like everyone around us has all their life together and I'm the only one that's struggling. But that's not the case. I actually think we need to have a far um, more real vulnerability and openness with each other, realising that uh, we all need to uh, support each other. One of the gifts that I realised was at my previous church uh, in Hong Kong was a homeless man who came to all the services each Sunday. Uh, this, this homeless man was a wonderful gift to our church because uh, he was someone who was not necessarily easy to love. Uh, he really smelled. He really did smell of urine in particular. Um, and you could smell him coming before you saw him. Uh, he was not mentally healthy. But he was such a gift to our church because he was so difficult to love. And he would sit uh, down and out in the, in the pews and um, during the songs he would, he would raise his arms and he would almost conduct every song as uh, we would sing. And as I got to know him and as I got over the smell, I discovered that he was such a lovely man who actually had such a simple faith in Jesus. Sadly, after uh, four years of me getting to know him and uh, often taking him out to lunch and uh, uh, building a friendship with him, uh, one day he was found uh, dead on the street. When he died, that was one of the saddest days for our church community. Not simply because uh, he died, but because uh, we had lost someone of such difference in our church community, someone who was not necessarily easy to love. It's easy to love people who are just like you, isn't it? But friends, we want to be a church who love those who are not simply easy to love. God calls us to be people who love, uh, who love in a way that is sincere. Verse 9, it says, love must be sincere. And a question is for, for us, is people who at this moment are genuinely struggling and suffering and feeling very alone because there are very few people that are reaching out to them and are devoted to them. See, devotion requires sacrifice. It requires putting yourself out. It requires effort. Sadly, I think there is a, 
many of us that are so caught up in our own lives that we don't often reach beyond ourselves. Now I know that some of us are just clinging on in life. <laughs> Sometimes life is just, is just so fatiguing itself that we don't have many resources. But friends, we are to honour one another above ourselves and we're to have this attitude of humility. What did we see before in, um, in verse 3? We're not to think of ourselves more highly than others. In fact, I think that's what the, the wonder of the gospel, isn't it? The gospel uh, levels everyone out. There's no hierarchy in the Christian faith. It's not that the minister or the pastor or the, the person uh, leading your Bible study is closer to God. No, we are all sinners in need of a saviour. So we should love those around us in the way that we have been loved by our saviour, the Lord Jesus. Apparently there is around about 40% of our community of elderly people, 40%, who don't have a single person visit them in 365 days of the year. 40% that don't have a single visitor for 365 days of the year. Friends, we have an opportunity to be devoted not just to one another, but to demonstrate the gospel in our community around us. Uh, there's big homes that are being built here in Coombs and Wright in the Malongolo Valley, but many of them will actually be filled with single resident people, single parents individuals because of the brokenness of the world we live in are we going to be loving them sincerely and demonstrating the gospel I could speak much more about this but let's, let's move on to the call to share each other's lives verse 14 or verse 15 I should say call here to rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn live in harmony with one another what a wonderful privilege it is to be a family to be a church community to rejoice with each other to mourn with each other to share each other's lives but how can I share your life if I don't even know your name how can I mourn with you? How can I rejoice with you if, I'm, if I have no investment into how you're doing? Friends, the call here is to be a community whose lives overlap, not just for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, but lives who love each other sincerely, who are devoted to one another. Friends, again, we are a broken community who need the gospel to transform and work in our lives. We need each other. I have to be honest with you, I need you guys. I need you in my life. I was so thankful in 2008 when uh, I had a bit of a breakdown um, in my church uh, in Sylvania in Sydney. Um, I was diagnosed with some clinical depression and three months I was off work and I really could was so uh, so weak that I couldn't get out of bed to you know, to even put on my socks or brush my teeth but you know what the church community there loved me incredibly 
how they came round and cared for my family and cared for me. And I couldn't believe that they did that. In fact, I was gobsmacked that there was a no-strings-attached love for me and a care for me and an acceptance of me. Um, it seems hard to grasp, but I thought somehow that because I couldn't give anything to them, they wouldn't give anything back to me. But they just kept giving and loving and caring for me, and it blew me away. It was the gospel in action. The gospel is a no-strings-attached love, and they loved me. Friends, we need each other. We need this love, and we need to demonstrate the gospel in the way we care for each other as a church family. But we also need each other because we can't bear this load alone. In fact, the pastors and the pastoral team can't bear the load alone. It's foolish to think that just two ministers in a church this size can care for everybody in this church. Uh, We would quickly burn out and fall apart if we tried to do that. But we're a family. So I have to ask ask you again, are you rejoicing with those who rejoice? Are you mourning with those who mourn? Are you sharing your life being devoted to those around you in love, reflecting the gospel. I think it's so easy just to uh, be insular with our nuclear family. Our homes are our fortress. Think about Christmas Day, for instance. Um, You know, this is my family celebration. Um, I'm going to celebrate it with my family. But what about the lonely people who don't have a family to celebrate? What about those who are here from overseas Uh, This is just one example, but who are we inviting on Christmas Day into our lives? Who are we inviting to our lives full stop? Friends, the gospel calls us to be people who reach out and love in a way that Christ loved us. I'm preaching to myself, (laughs) and I'm preaching to you, as a church community, may we be known as a Christ gospel-shaped community, genuine community, not virtual, not community by mission statement only, but a community in action as we see these gifts, they're not passive, they are being put into action, loving action, day after day. Please let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that while we were sinners, while we were your enemy, you demonstrated your love by sending him to die in our place. We pray that in view of your mercy, we would be a loving community, a Christ-centered community. Lord, we, we realise that we are weak, that we are selfish, We are self-absorbed. That you would give us the motivation. uh, You would stir us up. So that we might honour you. And this mission that you call us to. Would be what Stromlo Church is known for. Not so that Stromlo Church is glorified. Not so that people speak highly of Stromlo Church. But so that Jesus is glorified. And people speak highly of him. And the wonder of Jesus our Saviour. In his name we pray. Amen.